Hello and welcome to another... <laughs> I was so close! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Alec Mamba Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey, psychotherapist. I'm Alec Mamba. I'm an actor and comedian. I live in Hollywood. And I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a psychotherapist and multicultural counselor. You don't listen to the show. <laughs> you're coming in hot. I know. The and the you show. should listen because I you're don't. good. You're oh, that's very good. sweet. Thank you. You know, I listened to the very first one that we did mm. just to kind of, you know, hear what it was like. Mm. And afterwards I was like, okay, I don't want to listen to myself anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you sound like, you know what you're talking about. And my biggest oh, good. fear is that all of a sudden you're going to be revealed as a complete fraud. Yes. I'm fooling everybody. Yeah. You're just some barfly who made up a bunch of uh, cards that said Matthew Dempsey psychotherapist totally, and nobody yeah. questioned you imposter syndrome yes, a little that, bit always always a little bit but that's, that's how you minimize it right there he just he just <laughs> printed out no you actually have two masters from um columbia so you're quite bright thank you oh look at this i love all oh, this validation thank you so much it's very kind. You're, wearing, you're wearing a lumberjack shirt today so you look very um mask for mask but I am, but also it's extra, it's a little bit extra color too because I'm normally pretty muted, but there's a little bit extra color today and how perfect because we're talking about creativity today. We are talking about creativity. Do you we have an are. artistic side, Matthew? I have a little bit of one. I would say uh, I would say probably the the kind of the most dominant like way that I get to express my creativity, especially as kind of like a form of like my own healing mm -hmm. is making videos, uh, you know, just kind of making like therapy videos, talking about mental health stuff, especially right. kind of specific for gay men. So that's kind of like very work centric, something that I do entirely just that has nothing to do with any kind of currency, including attention or validation is cooking. Uh, oh, yes. OK. Yeah. First, the videos, You're, the videos are great. If you haven't seen Matthew's videos, you can find them on YouTube right now. And that's kind of what got you on the map. And oh my God, you are like the best PR for me I today. Am. Thank you. Right. Don't forget to <laughs> download and subscribe to Hot Mess, <laughs> podcast that's gonna save the world. That got you, and that's how um, you were, you did a video with my friend Wilson Cruz, which I saw and I was like, yes. No, we met, no, oh, that's right. Yes, we did that first. And then also kind of lured you in for a video that we did yes. where we were talking about racism the gay community and it was like a whole dinner party situation that i kind of like stole the concept from chelsea handler oh yeah and then you <laughs> but that was great and that's how we met to your house with a bunch of really really hot gay guys and i was like i'm gonna have a drink um and then uh and then your cooking you just posted your charcuterie expertise yes yes i i do i do love an elaborate charcuterie moment Beautiful. I mean, <laughs> Thank you. Kind of like, I mean, they're and they're about the size of a table at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. So I, I love food though. I mean, like that was fun to kind of play around with and like post a picture of that. But most of the time, food, I I love that it's totally entirely just for me or you know, like friends and family, of course, mm -hmm. I'm cooking for them. But it's just like a total outlet for me. Any anytime that anytime that I'm doing anything where I'm just fully lost in it, I'm it's so just about the moment of being into mm -hmm. it. I don't like secondary how it turns out. That is gold. And so it's, it's like what I tell a lot of my clients too. It's like if you can find that thing, that creative spark within mm. you, that spark, as Oprah would say, find find the thing that create that creates a spark of joy within you so that you in your own way can illuminate the world. Mm. So being able to do that in creativity is that, and food is I that for me. I love anything where I lose myself. 
Yes. Like, what about like, you? What's your creative outlet? I think good sex is like that. When you're with somebody who like, where it's just kind of like your sounds are coming out of your body involuntarily. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Where you're just yes, like- of course it did. Yeah. Who's making that sound? What is going, are, are cats fucking next door? What? It's like, As my dad would say, who stepped on a duck? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. What I, about you? What's your creativity? What's your I creative outlet? And I didn't start oh. cooking until about 10 years ago yeah. when we adopted our son. Uh, Jamie and I made reservations for the most part. And we were uh-huh. happy, go lucky, carefree. And then all of a sudden it was like, I want to know what's in our child's food. Yeah. The way to do that is by cooking. And I found that, you know, if it has more than 10 ingredients, hardly everything, anything we ever make yeah. has more than five ingredients in exactly it. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. i love cooking yeah and i'm getting better at it and i love learning about it on youtube yeah like i, I love cooking something i've never made before what's 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 an example of that what's like the most recent thing that you experimented uh, the most and played recent with thing there's a chef on new york times uh youtube called allison roman and she does mm-hmm. a series of things and she mm-hmm. did allison roman's baked ziti Remember Big ZD? Ooh, I love Big ZD, yeah. Yeah, but at, at the, they, the, you would get them at the pizza parlor in New York City. They would just get a bunch of ZD and then a glob of yeah, mozzarella. Of and, yeah, of <laughs> course. So uh, she did her version with rigatoni and I made it and it was delicious. And Yum. We, it, was, it was such a big pan of it. We ate it for three days. But Ugh, I, love I love that. What do you think it is about creativity that, that makes us happy? What is it about that? Um, what I would say about that is that creativity, whenever we're doing anything where we're literally creating something from nothing, we have to go deep into the most, like the core of who we are, the most authentic part of who we are, Mm. literally going to that space in order to be able to do it. That's why so many people can be really scared of it sometimes because they want it to come out looking good. They want it to be successful, right? They They want it to be perfect. They want it to be perfect because it's a representation. It's really just kind of, you know, a a way of expressing Mm. the purest part of who we are. Right. So when, so when we're able to understand that that's like normal fear to have, and we still allow ourselves, even when we feel scared, even when we feel like, you know, it might not be the best to still show up anyway. To be honest with you, even doing something like this, the podcast, this is kind of like a creative expression, right? We're like literally just talking off the cuff. We're, you know, having conversations as it happens. And even like today, I kind of feel just like a little like, eh, I don't know. I'm not feeling like the (laughs) highest of energy. Like, is this going to be good? I don't know, but I still show up anyway. Yes, it will. It'll be great, of course. But the point is is that even with that fear, still showing up anyway, expressing what you have, and that is always going to be enough. There's a Japanese expression in art in their sculpture. It's called wabi-sabi. And it's uh-huh. spelled W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I. And it's about like the perfection and imperfection. Yeah. And it applied at first to a lot of pottery. You know, like mm-hmm. if, there was a, if, if it was dented or if it was imperfect, just leave it alone. Yeah. Because that in itself. Yeah. And I think that I think that that's just knowing that that it doesn't have to be perfect is so freeing. But yeah. uh, one thing you said stood out to me, the purest part of ourselves, somebody um, ex- uh, told me about the importance of an artist, some artist workshop at Sundance that I did. Uh-huh. And he said that all children are artists because they're connected to the purest part of themselves. Yes. They're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed. They sing, they dance, they act, they paint, they draw. They color but, outside the lines. Right. Doesn't matter. But you, at some point you start judging yourself and you get embarrassed and you just, you get disconnected from the purest part of yourself. Yes. And that's why as an adult, if you're, if you're not, if you're disconnected from that other part of yourself, you need actors to act for you. You need dancers to dance for you because those artists reconnect you to that part of yourself. Yeah, Absolutely. 
because it's like when, as you said, as you, as we move through life, of course, we inevitably confront things that have us question ourselves, doubt ourselves, make us feel a little bit more self-conscious and insecure. And that's really when all of that kind of wounding happens to, to us as children. And then we grow up and we start covering that up, right? With all kinds of bullshit. And then our- the surface, it still hurts. And then our inner wounded child remains. And so something like creativity, any kind of creative expression really gives us an opportunity to tap back into, gives us a lifeline to that part of ourselves. So we're constantly, as we're in a practice of something creative, that is a very in real time way of healing that inner wounded child. That's why creativity is so important. How, how old is your inner wounded child? Ooh, like, I don't know if I envision that kind of the, mm-hmm. the most wounded, I don't know, probably uh, six, seven. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, have guess like, I have a whole <laughs> kindergarten class full of <laughs> of varying ages there's like third grade glasses corrective shoes and retainer alec there's yeah. uh, sissy alec in the eighth grade who's being dropped by all his best friends because he's yeah. gay and yeah there's there's all kinds yeah. there's the wounded child from yesterday when the lasagna didn't turn out perfect <laughs> hey all you true crime fans this is mike ferguson and this is mike morph And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Our guest today, who we're so excited about. Very excited. He's all about creativity and being um, connected to that that inner artist. Yeah. Let's do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I am legitimately very excited to talk to our guest today. He is an incredibly talented artist, performer, and dancer. You may have seen him on So You Think You Can Dance, seasons four, where he was a finalist in season seven. Uh, and he spent years dancing on tour with some of the biggest artists of all time, Lady Gaga, Carly Rae Jepsen, Katy Perry, all our faves, and so many, many more. During the last several months, he has been a huge source of inspiration to people with his socially distanced dance parties on Instagram, which are wild and colorful and full of self-expression and joy. Yeah. Oh, he was the subject of a New York Times style section uh, article. I was two pages. He's a great friend of mine. I'm so thrilled to welcome Mark Conamora. Yeah. Hey! Woo! Woo! <laughs> Hi! Hi! I'm here. Yay, Hamar! How are Hi. you? I am doing well. I'm surviving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm doing what I can. You know, I feel like this year has been brutal for everyone, including myself. Mm-hmm. Feeling uh, a little burnt out, if I'm being honest. But yeah. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm navigating, and I'm. This is this is the right place for honesty. Yeah, you totally. Came to the, you came to the right place. Now, this was a big year for you um, during quarantine, um, while the rest of us were gaining twenty pounds, and by the rest of us, I mean me. <laughs> you were out cheering up the world, and it, you became um, so popular on Instagram that you were the subject of a New York Times article recently. Can you tell us the genesis of that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we went into lockdown and I live in my, you know, I live here by myself mm. and I was just kind of thoughtful about ways that I could stay connected, ways that I could stay, uh, in a place of creativity, ways of like finding ways to survive basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
And I've had this idea for a long time to want to create sort of this dance party that is very, very inclusive um, for anyone, for people that uh, don't even consider themselves to be like dancers or artists or creative. Uh, for me, like I, I find that dance is universal. Um, and that's what I love about it. I love that dance is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I come across a lot of people that, you know, one of the first things they tell me when I, you know, let them know that I'm a dancer is that, oh, I, I can't dance. I can't do that. And my my initial reaction is that, you know, like I, I, I truly believe everyone can dance. It may not look like what you see on, on TV or, you know, on stage, but dance is, there's no right or wrong way to dance. It, it's art, you know? So I, everybody I just, I has, find- everybody has their own way of moving. I dated this guy in New York city who was <laughs> such a terrible dancer. He, there's no sense of rhythm, couldn't hear the music at all, but he loved it. But what mm. would happen was he would, everybody would start to move away on the dance floor and just marvel at how awful he was and how much he did. That was the best lane dance. <laughs> See, that's, I mean, that's why I love it too, because it's like, I feel like dance, it, it's, it's, it's language, it's speaking. So everybody has their own unique way of doing it. Everyone has their quirks. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to use social media as this way to connect with people from all over the world and start these dance parties. It's something that I've had uh, in my head for a while wanting to do like in person. And I was like, oh, this could actually be a cool way to kind of test it out and see how it works. So, you know, at first it was kind of like, all right, everyone, we're going to hop onto IG live and we're just going to dance around to like a song. And then because I am who I am within like three days that turned into like a full blown, like 30 minute dance party with choreography, with costume changes, with wigs, with confetti. (laughs) And it was really beautiful and exciting because people would show up in the same way. Like if they felt inspired to, like they would dress up, they would, you know, hop on with their friends or their Mm -hmm. family. And I would get all of these videos from all over the world, from so many different types of people, uh, just dancing and expressing themselves and dressing up. And it was just, it was so beautiful to witness and to experience and, uh, to connect with people in this way. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And let me just say too, I've been, I've been following you for a long time, huge fan, uh, even long before quarantine and everything. So you've been doing these dance videos, um, of just you kind of like doing your thing and getting so creative with literally your like 99 cent store kind of purchases <laughs> of like wigs and like tablecloths and like all this stuff and how you put it together and you get creative with just the visuals of it. And then dancing and the way that you were able to bring that very specific, like your energy and the way you do what you do to something like the quarantine and do like these massive like dance parties, like just seeing how everybody just like jumped on board and got right in it. It was like, I'm getting goosebumps just like thinking about it. It was so good. And it was just like, just brought so much joy watching it happen. It, yeah, it was, it was really beautiful to, to uh, experience. And it was kind of, I felt like this natural progression where you know, I started doing these videos and I felt like the reason it kind of uh, took off the way that it did was because they weren't highly produced. Mm-hmm. I was doing them in the comfort of, you know, my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I was throwing together things that I had or things that, like you said, I would get from the 99 cent store. Like the 99 cent store is <laughs> my jam. Like, that is heaven for me. Anytime yeah. I haven't like, been to one in so long. Now I want to go. Oh, it's it's the best. You know, I, I think what it is is that you go to the 99 cent store and 
you're picking up these pieces and it's sort of like, it feels like a project runway challenge where, you know, like you, you, uh, you can go into the store and get a bunch of stuff and come home and see what you create with it. And, you know, because it's not, you're not, uh, using things that are like very, very expensive. It's, it's fun because you can make mistakes. You can kind of see what works, what doesn't work. If, uh, if something's not working, you just kind of like toss it out and start again. And there's no sort of, um, like, Oh my gosh, like I'm wasting all of this money. You know what I mean? It's like, I came home with like $10 worth of stuff and I'm like, cool, let's, let's try and make something, you know, I'm rich. Um, yeah, we're talking so today about our uh, creativity and our inner child. And it seems like uh, we've talked about your upbringing in, in Hawaii and everything. And how uh, you told me that one story about how you saw Phantom of the Opera Oh, and yes. then you recreated yep. the entire set in your garage. <laughs> Whoa. So it 100%. sounds like you're with all this, you're you're pretty connected to your inner child. Would you say that's true? It's been a journey. Like I it's it's interesting. I feel like within the last three or four years, with everything that's been going on with you know my social media, mm-hmm. I've uh, realized how much that's been sort of this journey back to my childhood, my my uh, my inner child and letting that inner child that, uh, you know, I think went through this journey of feeling extremely free and then sort of, uh, through, you know, bullying and just the world, like slowly starting to like build these layers and shut down and shut down. So it's, it's sort of, uh, this experience of reconnecting to that child and letting him know like, Hey, like you're good. You can create, you can play, you can explore, you can experiment again. And I think that's, what's been so exciting and beautiful about this journey is that, uh, it, it reminds me so much of myself as a child and, you know, my dad doesn't have social media, but his girlfriend does. So when his girlfriend shows my, you know, him, the videos that I do, he, uh, it's, it's funny for him because it's like, you know, like you've been doing this stuff since you were a child. So it doesn't I saw you do the wig thing when you were five, (laughs) Matt, don't you think this is so great? Like the whole journey you just described, I feel like is, is such a, and, and why you have resonance, because it's the journey of the misfit. It's the journey of the queer kid. And don't you feel, Matt, that that is a, a common thread for all of us as queer people or as different people that yeah. we we start out so free and then the world kind of shuts us down. We have to reconnect to that part of ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. And, and of course, any little boys, especially expressing themselves in any way that's kind of not traditionally how you're supposed to be as a boy or, you know, as a young man, then of course that immediately because of everybody else's discomfort starts to shut things down, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like bullying at school or even just kind of like an odd look from a parent can do it, you know? So that really starts creating more and more shame, these layers of shame and then our defenses. And so Mark, like what you're saying, I fucking love that because just being able to really kind of tap back in and dig even deeper into this kind of like creative part of yourself, finding new ways of expressing that is literally reparenting yourself. Like you're getting to like play with your inner wounded child and be like, no, 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 this is okay. Right. And it's like lifting those layers of shame so we can get back to a a better place. But Mark, from, from what I understand too, that you actually had a pretty accepting family. So at home, things were kind of okay. It was more at school where the bullying was happening. Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So at home, I think the way that I'm able to express myself now is has a lot to do with my upbringing within my family. Just because yeah. when I think back to that time of my life, I it felt extremely free. Like I never once felt judged for what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just 
sort of my thing. Like, yeah. and my parents, my sisters, like they were all so down for it. I never got made fun of at home. My dad was oftentimes like the one that was like helping me put up some of the set pieces. Yes, or, like, dad. I love know, it. Yeah. Like my sister and I would have like an idea like, oh, dad, we want to do like a news show. Can you, so can you like, you know, he'd have like his, uh, his, you know, at the time it was like, I don't know, like a camcorder a or something. Camcorder, yeah. yeah. And so he'd be filming stuff and you know, he was always like at my shows eventually, like when I got into like community theater stuff. And, you know, I, I always talk about my dad specifically because I feel like that role is oftentimes um, filled by a person that is not necessarily accepting or celebrating mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. that sort of queer journey. So, I mean, yes, like my sisters, my mom, they were all awesome. But my dad, I, I think is it's it's really freaking cool to like look back on and be like, wow, you know, especially as I get older and I talk to people and hear about their experiences. With it's their such an important relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dad, um, Jamie's father, my husband's father growing up, loves him like the sun rises and sets on that kid oh. and, ex- and was expressive about it throughout his whole life. And as a result, Jamie's not as tortured as I am. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have like his dad calls me when I travel calls me when, you know, after he's seen me on television and says, good job. I mean, he's, he's the I emotional dad I always wanted. Yeah. Now, you we're this is a two part question. Great. When do you feel like you started to kind of shut down? Oh, I know. Like I know immediately. Yeah. Sorry. Second part. Go for it. And was, and has there been a therapeutic (laughs) element in your life that's been helpful? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll start from the second question. Dance, the arts, that's, that's been my therapy, even like to this day, like yesterday, for example, I was, I caught myself doom scrolling and I was just, I was feeling so anxious. And I I know that sometimes, is that what it's called? Doom doom scrolling scrolling, where I'm just like looking at all these headlines and all these articles. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, the world, what's happening. I've never heard that expression before, but it's, it's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, sometimes I find that dance does help. So yesterday, for example, I was like, I know exactly what I need to do. Let's put on some music. Let's dance this shit out. And that's what happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. First part of the question. Oh, yeah. So I know exactly when it happened. Um, it happened specifically in middle school because mm-hmm. I went to this school that they offered this like performing arts program after school. And at that time, I was the only male dancer in that program in the entire school. And a lot of the kids in my uh, grade level and even outside of my grade level knew that. And even like, I was like the kid that was like, you know, people were showing up to school and like really cool, like surf and skate wear. And I was the one that was like, Hey everyone, I just got this from the Disney store. Like, you know, <laughs> like I, um, I was that kid. And I just, the way that I carried myself was a little different. The way I spoke was a little different. I, you know, I, I was very in touch with that creative and uh, yeah. dance side. So but everybody um, dances in Hawaii, right? I mean, I just feel like it's a really dancey island with all the, a lot of, a lot of kids. Are, <laughs> well, all my ki- all my friends in Hawaii, all their kids are in hula and stuff. Even yeah, crazy. we love generalizations. Yeah, here, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. everybody dances broad in strokes. Hawaii. It's only broad yeah. strokes here like on the part of a, That's a huge part of being on the island. Is like there's a maybe I'm wrong. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the arts in terms of like, there are different forms of dance on, you know, on the island. Like, I, yeah, there, there is hula. Matthew's laughing at me because I, yeah. I, I yeah, like every oh, Hawaiian is like hula. hula. Yeah. <laughs> so middle school, you're the only boy. Yeah. Middle school for sure. Yeah. Like that's where I, I received the most uh, bullying. And that's when I really, really started to question 
what I was doing, who I was. And I already like, I just, I, those years as like a teenager, I, I already are so rough. Like you're just, you're coming Mm -hmm. into this awkward stage. You're trying to figure out who you are. You have hair growing in places, your body's doing (laughs) things. And it's just like, what is like, your voice is changing. You're like, you know, what's happening. So you add that with like bullying and all this stuff. And it just gets, you know, it gets wild. And I like, I, yeah, I questioned myself. I questioned my existence, um, which is why like presently, like the Trevor project is such a huge, uh, organization that I look to in terms Mm -hmm. of like, anytime I have to do like fundraisers just because, yeah. Yeah. Through those times it was like Trevor project for those listening who don't know is a, is a suicide hotline for LGBTQ youth and it's 24 hours. Um, uh, if somebody can Google the number for me, we'll post it before the, uh, I'll say it out loud before the end of the hour. Jameson, can you Google Trevor project for me? And, um, they, they stand by and they, they save lives because there are a lot of LGBTQ youth, especially at that vulnerable, vulnerable age. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, my son, when he's in high school now, he's going to be a sophomore, um, when he was going through middle school, I had a different view of it, just watching all the kids. Oh, the Trevor hotline uh, for LGBTQ youth, the suicide hotline is 1-866-488-7386. Again, it's 1-866-488-7386. It's 24-7 if you are a young person in crisis, feeling suicidal, or in need of a safe and judgment-free place to talk. Um, you could also uh, Google Trevor Project online. What I noticed about uh, my son at middle school was so much of the culture at his middle school, and this was the culture at my middle school, was all of the kids are out looking for social power, mm-hmm. social standing by embarrassing other kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not just embarrassing, but like humiliating mm-hmm. or. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's. I don't know what it's going to take to change the culture of that. Why do you think that is, Matthew, from a from a psychological standpoint? What is it about that age? It's a very I mean, it's a very specific point of our development where we're starting to actually kind of get to that place. Mark, like you were saying, even just kind of physiologically, things are starting to change. It's a really vulnerable space in that way. And also, it's really kind of at the precipice of when we start to individuate ourselves from our from our families. Mm. So we're just trying to have a sense of our own identity separate from family. And so we do that really imperfectly. And, you know, and so, uh, you know, we wind up trying to figure out kind of where we rank or how we place amongst our peers. A lot of times for a lot of people, especially, you know, in really insecure ways of trying to put other people down or dull other people shine. Um, so that's just kind of, unfortunately, it's like middle school, middle school sucks. I remember middle school. It's that was brutal. hard. Oh, yeah. Worse. But I'm wondering like what we can do to change the culture of that. Like, well, what we can, a part of what we can do is this telling our stories and being able to put mm-hmm. that out there. And we have such this, you know, so much more of an incredible platform or platforms than we've ever had before that we get to share this stuff. Could you imagine when we were kids, if we would have had access to podcasts and YouTube and other people of, you know, that actually look and, and sound like us and have similar experiences to actually give us that guidance. So these kinds of stories are that much more important. That's why Mark, I'm like so happy that you're able to share yours. Do you, do you mind if I ask? kind of more specifically for you, like when it was getting really kind of like dark, like what was going on? You said you were questioning sure. distance, like what was happening then? Yeah. Uh, so it was in middle school and um, yeah, it was just, you know, I was, there it, There was this feeling of dread of like, in, in terms of going to school, like I just, it was heavy. It was, I felt I like, I didn't want to be there. Even uh, it, it sounds really weird, but I didn't even want to be in dance class because I just yeah. like, it was 
awful. I remember making up excuses, like feeling like uh, I just, I didn't want to dance. Like I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not feeling well today. So I would like sit on the side and, you know, which sounds really weird, but it's, you know, when you're going through that period of like so many people telling you like, oh, you're a fag, what you're doing, like, this is so gay. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh, like what, yeah. what is happening, you know? And luckily for me, I just like, to this day, I still feel so incredibly grateful that I had sisters that I could talk to just because yeah. I, you know, I do think about things like if I didn't have my sisters at that time, like what would have happened just because, you know, these thoughts that I were having that I was having at that time were very, very real. I mean, like, you know, I remember like thinking of ways, like looking around the house, like, Hmm, how could I like, how can I make this happen? Like, how can I like, uh, disappear? Totally. And, um, so again, that's why something like the Trevor project is so important because I I do understand, I do like realize that not everyone has that outlet of having someone in their family or friend group that they can talk to. So, and it's also the perspective of that age when you're talking about, and when you said looking around, you know, how could I do this? Mm -hmm. I think at that age, when you're middle school age, you don't have the, you don't have an adult sense of time. You Mm -hmm. don't have an adult sense of this is going to pass. Right. When when you're a kid and I, and I'm sure this is, I think this is part of the, uh, the suicide prevention training is like getting, gaining the perspective that this isn't forever. Yeah. Right. This this isn't a universal thing. Like your life's going to be like this forever. There are experiences beyond this and who you are, what we're missing right now, especially with social media and everything, which is why I love your show um, on, on IG and why it's so inclusive is that people need, the kids need to know their intrinsic value from the inside out. And mm-hmm. I think so much of uh, social media right now is about the validation from the outside. How many likes am I getting? Is anybody watching? Sure. Is anybody approving of me? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I love getting to, uh, I love like Mark and like the stuff that you put out there, the content that you create and, you know, and every other kind of like, you know, influencer or whoever that gets the, you know, uh, artist that gets to put it out there in a very specific way when it's done with the intention that you're doing it, which is like, really like for you, it's your own therapy first. And then you're sharing that with the world too. When it starts from in here and then goes out, it's an offering. It's not, I'm looking for validation. I need the right. likes. I need people to tell me that I'm okay. It's for you first. And when it's done in that way, that's how it's healing. And it's, totally. like, and it's done so beautifully. All right. Yeah. So in, in tune with that, how yeah. did you find your way back? How do you find your way back from that dark place? Uh, through depression, actually. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, this whole journey started from a very long, uh, terrible, heartbreaking breakup. I mean, like I was in a very, very low place. I had like moved out of, you know, this apartment that I shared with my ex-partner for like, you know, six or seven years. And it was just a very low moment. And I was finding ways uh, to navigate that, finding little sparks of of joy along the way. And I found that those little sparks were, uh, again, reconnecting to music, reconnecting to dance, you know, because at that time, like I had been, my dance career, you know, was, it was going and it was going and it was really, really wonderful. But there came a point where I was like completely burnt out mm. and I lost that passion for dance. Like I just, I lost that, I lost that interest, that, that spark. And it's, it's, yeah. So through this, like through these like silly little like lip sync videos, through these little like dance videos, I've found my way again to this, to my love for dance. 
through um, being sad, this through through being sad, but also through like this childlike uh, curiosity of like, ooh, yeah, ooh, this yeah, feels good. yeah, ooh, this yeah. is fun. And um, yeah, so it started because it was bringing me like a lot of joy to just kind of like have this freedom to like be silly and yes. to lip sync and to dance and to dress up. And, you know, like for it was very personal for me, like uh, at first, like I didn't share it. Uh, my Instagram was very, very, uh, curated. I was very, very thoughtful about what I was uh, putting out there. So (laughs) for me to like put out these videos where they weren't polished and they weren't, um, uh, what I was used to was very different. And I was very scared to do that. But I noticed that when I started to do that, a lot of other people were also finding some sort of like joy within it. So I was like, for me, I was like, oh, this is really awesome that like a i'm finding joy and like happiness and freedom in it and also like other people are finding some joy and freedom and happiness in it as well and it's also inspiring them to kind of like send back videos that you know uh have them dancing or lip syncing so like it just from there it just kind of like grew and grew and what was um, the first video what was it was do you remember the first one that kind of caught because i remember the feeling yeah it was calling yeah that, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, like that's your song. And it's like, it's, it's really like, yes, it's like, it's such a fun memory for me, but it's also like a really like deep memory for me just because I remember like hearing that song in my car and I was like, I'm sorry, what, what is this? Like my, I, I felt like my, uh, what is this I'm magic so that happened? Yeah. I love it. Sort of like that, um, that scene in like the Grinch where like his heart starts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh. And then, you know, it was just like, Listen, when I get on a song, it is done. Like yeah. it is done. I will <laughs> it's listen over. to that song until <laughs> like it will not play again. Um, yeah. And so that if was I can describe it to the people who haven't um, who haven't seen it yet, go to go to Mark's. <laughs> the first one I remember was your your lip syncing cut to the feeling, and you're yep. pulling off one wig at a time, and there's All like the ten wigs. Yeah. Oh, well, there was one before that. Like there was one in like my friend's apartment and like I, I was living with her at the time and it was in her kitchen. Yeah. And again, like it was kind of like making use of like what I had. Like I had yeah. one wig at the time. Um, I used like a spatula as a mic. I used um, I cut up <laughs> some like tissue paper because uh, this was around the time that, you know, Sasha Valora had her epic reveal. And I was just like, yeah. oh, my gosh, like I need to <laughs> do this. So, yeah, it was that was like the first uh, video that I think kind of caught like uh, a larger audience. Yeah, I love that you I love that you obviously kind of um, not only like found your thing, but kind of like rediscovered your thing and rediscovered your passion for dance and like really kind of finding new ways of even expressing that. The thing that stands out to me the most of what you just said a moment ago was just about how you started paying attention to that childlike curiosity. It That's wasn't what I was even say. it was oh my god in sync. It's not even <laughs> it's not even like that there was this real kind of like desperate need to like I need to produce this kind of video. It was I just want to start paying attention to that little to these little sparks of joy, right? To the whispers of the universe, you know, calling mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's the thing that I love about that is a it's something that everybody can start practicing at some point, regardless right. of where you are at in your own creative journey. Mm-hmm. And B, a, a really important thing to be mindful of is that it's really, really hard, especially for us as queer people, to even pay attention and acknowledge those things because that comes from such a, an authentic part of who we are. Wow. Of which we have been so overwhelmingly shamed about. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, anything like, you know, to feel shame about who we are, how we love, what we're attracted to, you know, mm-hmm. that 
that is kind of more of a global thing that we can feel shame about. So we, we mm-hmm. don't even give any kind of real credence or credit to the stuff that makes us light up. Right. So totally. just starting to pay attention to that. I love. And you said Absolutely. like, those are the things that bring us back from the brink, paying attention to the things that, that bring us joy. Like mm-hmm. Matthew, do you have anything that comes to mind that like a little snippet of thing that like brings you back from can snap you out of something or, 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 or redirect your energy? Like poppers? What are we talking about? <laughs> yes, poppers and Chardonnay. Like, Ooh. wake up, yeah, relax. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jungle juice. Now my whole hands in there. Um, uh, <laughs> this conversation is taking a strange turn. Um, no, well, I, mean, I just you know, like yeah. me. Like when you're saying all the th- what me for me, my spark of joy is <laughs> he's running towards all the things that I was embarrassed about as a kid. Yeah, colorful mm. movies, Disney cartoons. Um, yeah. Uh, really campy, colorful stuff. Uh, uh, John Waters movies, you know, all of the stuff that made me feel self-conscious are now the things that really light me up. Yeah. You find that Absolutely. for you? For me? For Either me? one of you. <laughs> Either one of you oh, yeah, wearing yeah. a plaid shirt who has a beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. There's a video. Oh, I would say... Okay, go. go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yes, all of those things for sure. And I think obviously living in the time that we do now where there's so much of representation of how to like really kind of embrace the rainbow within you. Right. But also for anybody where th- that might not necessarily, you know, you think of creativity, you think of things that are really colorful, you know, kind of big movements, like all that stuff. It might not necessarily, that might not necessarily be somebody's creative path. Like it might look a little different. It might be like oh, geeking out. It might be geeking out on like scientific journals and kind of like creating mm-hmm. your own it's kind of like little news outlet or whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Everybody. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Cause when I was, you know, when I decided that I was going to stop dancing, it was such a scary time for me because uh, since I was younger, I was very uh, driven and focused as far as, uh, you know, when I first got introduced into theater, I immediately knew I was like, this is home. I need to be mm. here. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where or how I need to be here, but I, it was, yeah, my, my parents took me to see Phantom of the Opera and my mind was just Kapow. blown. Yeah. And it wasn't even necessarily like the dancing. It was everything it was the singing it was the acting and it was like the costuming it was the set design like i was the kid that was like i would geek out if i had the opportunity to go like backstage and explore like that was like my jam which is you know why it's so cool for me uh recently because i feel like everything that i've been doing is like this beautiful fusion of everything that i love you know it's like it's not only dance but it's like it's fashion it's drag it's theater it's costuming it's sets it's like it's all this like i get to do all this in like my little like shoebox theater and, yeah um, we're in the apartment we're in the video yeah, in the- yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. you know it's so but like it's- oh, so ahead, when i start, sorry, sorry. You know, i was gonna say like when i stopped dancing it was such a scary time for me because i always knew as a kid that i wanted to do this and to like not to lose that and have like to yeah. feel like you're kind of starting from scratch again is like really scary. So I was going through this period of like reading and listening to podcasts and just, you know, yeah. getting all the information that I could. And I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert who oh, said this, love, but um, love her. She, I, if I'm, if this is the correct person, but she was talking about how there's so much pressure to find your passion. You know, everyone's like, yes. Oh, follow your passion, mm, follow your yeah, passion. Yeah. And that's, it's such a, there's so much um, weight to it. There's like, Oh my yeah. God, like what, what's my passion. And she said something really beautiful about, you know, just pay attention to like 
your your curiosities, like things that kind of like light you up. And for me, that yes. was like, oh, okay, cool. So I went through this whole like journey of like, well, I think like video stuff and like directing and editing yeah. kind of like, you know, like interest me and like, and then it kind of led to all this other stuff. And it was just this journey of like ping, 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 yeah. ping, 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 and finding these little, wow. these little I treats along that. the way. That's what I that's Liz, it. it's Liz Gilbert from her book, Big Magic, which is so good. It's so good. It's talking about that. And one of the things that she talks about also is about making sure that we're able to make sure that we are paying attention to ourselves and we're resting when we need to, so we don't burn out. And it makes <laughs> me think of something, because I think it was maybe like a year ago or so, I remember you posting um, you had, I think kind of like, you know, kind of just not really posted much for like a little bit, but you also very explicitly said to everybody that was following you, like, Hey, I'm actually like taking a break because kind of going through my own stuff and I just need to recharge. Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, um, I feel like I, there's a sort of responsibility because as soon as I started doing what I was doing, there was this sort of, uh, expectation that, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. You are always so happy. You're always so joyful. Like right. I want to, I want to be like that. And I'm like, uh, yeah. you know, so I felt like it was really important for me to have those moments of like, Hey, listen, I'm not always like this. Like I am actually feeling very depressed right now, or I'm feeling really low yeah. right now. I'm not feeling like the inspiration right now. So yep. I'm going to like take some time to step away. Um, and I just, yeah, I think it's important for me to be transparent in that way because I, um, I, I think it's important to have a sense of reality in what I do just because I don't want it to come off as some like, um, yeah, like I'm living in some totally. yeah. la land that doesn't really exist. I but love that. It, and it totally landed. It's something obviously that stayed with me too. And it add, it added such this kind of like other layer of like depth and richness to like who you are and what you're putting out there, because you do, you do at times really kind of show this other part of yourself, the kind of more human part of yourself too. Mm-hmm. And that kind of authenticity liberates other people. Absolutely. To, oh, 100%. Feel, to feel their genuine feelings as well. Because, you know, that thing about like you have to find your passion, there is also a pressure to be cheerful and a pressure yeah, to always have it together. And when you show other people your vulnerabilities, that's what I love about you. Like when I, my first experience of you was I was in New Orleans with my husband in 2010 and I saw you in the Gaga tour and my eyes always went to you. I was like, does she know that he's dancing like that on stage? <laughs> like Gaga. Like I would fire you in a second. And then then it was like, and then there was a, and then there was a a good couple of years where you were everywhere and your persona as a dancer was always so fierce and animalistic. And then I met you and you're, you were like, Hey, how are you? So sweet. So you were so sweet. And it was just kind of like, I loved, I love that duality about you. Well, that's what I think that's where like the therapy of, of the arts comes in where, yeah, if I think people are sometimes surprised when they get to know me and that I am very much an introvert. I am very, very shy. Mm. I am such a homebody. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this is, yeah. When I, when I step out onto like a stage or when I, you know, am in my area, in my space dancing, like that's my opportunity to kind of embrace, not even like, um, something outside of myself. It's definitely within myself. It's just another part of myself that I can like tap into and like, let that fly for a little bit. And that's like, you know, it's, it's very, uh, exhilarating. There's this one video of yours and then we gotta, we gotta wrap up. I want to talk to you forever. Um, 
there's this one video where I want people to see it's on your IG. You teach, you teach dance as well. And there's, yeah. there's, there's a, um, a, a, a video, a little snippet of the video with you dancing to, with a little boy to shake it off mm. in yeah. a dance class. And he yeah. does the choreography perfectly. And he's so happy. Yeah. And he's like about this big, he's a teeny tiny little guy mm-hmm. and he, the dance he's doing your movement and he's just so freed by it. And it's, mm-hmm. I think that's, that to me is an encapsulation of what you bring to people. It's kind yeah. of like you yeah. set everybody's creativity free. Yeah. Well, that was a really important moment too, because you know, when I was teaching that class, it was really interesting that he was, again, he was the only boy in class. There were hundreds of girls. And when I was teaching the movement at one point, a girl had shouted out, boys can't do that. And immediately I like stopped the class. And you punched her in the face. And <laughs> no, I just, you know, it's like they're, they're around like five or six. So like, listen, I get it. Like, this is something that they like, they, they grow up in and I, and it's, it's conditioning. And I, you know, so I like stopped the class and I addressed it because I thought it was really important for everyone, but especially for that one boy who mm. was in class, who up until the point was like killing it. Like he was just mm-hmm. like, I was like, who is this kid? Yeah. You know? And, and I just, I don't want him to to grow up feeling like, Oh, like have that. Oh, boys can't do that. Right. Uh, you know? So I addressed it and you know, I, I call, I was like, Hey, his name was Aaron. I was like, Aaron, can you please show the class that like, yes, boys can do it. And like, you know, on the spot, he got up there and he yes. was just like, uh, 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 and I was yeah. like, get it. You so know? Great. So, Oh my God, I love yeah. that. We in our small way are saving the world one hot mess <laughs> at a time. If there's somebody, what would you say to somebody who has gone through a similar path as you? This, we, we call this our hot message. So yeah, what would be your hot message, message of what the day? What would be your hot message to somebody who is feeling a little sad or burnt out and wants to find their way back? My mantra in the last like couple of years has been to be gentle. Like I always have to remind myself of that just because I tend to be like my own worst critic. I tend to be really hard on myself. Um, I tend to set like, you know, sometimes uh, some unrealistic expectations. And I just find that when I repeat that to myself, be gentle, be gentle. I just, I find that there's like this sense of grounding. There's a sense of peace. uh, And I I find that it's helpful for myself. And I, that simple little reminder, I think is, um, it's become really important for me. And I think it can mm. be important for, you know, others where, mm-hmm. um, you know, do what you need to do. If you need to rest, rest. If you, um, you know, need to take a walk, go take a walk. If you need to do, you know, it's just, yeah, the sense of gentleness on yeah. yourself. Gentle, Matthew. I love it. <laughs> You're crushing me. Get off. Just be gentle. How will you learn? <laughs> Mark, what an absolute pleasure you are. And and Total pleasure. Joy. And after the plague, when we all get vaccinated, I want to get to Disneyland with you and skip and hold hands. <laughs> yes. yes, please. I would love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I adore you. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for having me. <laughs> wow I just that's i got so much out of that conversation with him about like just i know noticing joy perfect noticing, loved it yeah yep. that's great yeah yeah i love that what's I, your hot message well i guess my hot message is you know kind of a little you know a little bit of what mark was saying when he was talking about you know the dance video with the little boy and bringing him up and you know really kind of like cheering him on and you know kind of giving him that uh that positive spotlight for a moment 
how amazing would it be if we could all do that for our own selves? Like if we could really kind of call out that inner wounded child for ourselves and any time that we're starting to just try and figure out, you know, kind of what it is that lights that spark of joy or Mm -hmm. even taking some steps when we think we have some sense of of what that is. There's so much, you know, self-criticism and doubt and shame that comes up that just keeps chipping away at us. But if we could kind of be like the way Mark is with Aaron um, and just be able to kind of, you know, cheer ourselves on and and be gentle and coach ourselves. Beautiful. Love it. I'm not so bad. That's that's my affirmation. I'm not so bad. That's going to be your spinoff podcast. Yeah. I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. That's what I'm reaching for. I'm What's yours? What's your hot message? So my hot message is that when you are in a depression, when you are in a thing, I think what you resist persists. So yeah. I think if you feel sad, just kind of acknowledge it and know that there's something on the other side of it. Absolutely. Because I think the flip side to sadness is sadness is like a, a, a really... <laughs> really sad ferry boat (laughs) it it helps us get to the other side of of whatever we're feeling and it's part of the human experience yeah i like to think about it as uh, if we're going with um bodies of water here i like to think about it as waves right and so like if you're if you're in the ocean and you're trying to like fight back a wave like good fucking luck but if you can actually see it as something that's just totally natural and you can just ride it then you're gonna land back on shore and you've had a little ride on the way exactly and i think that it's not to be so terrified of of sadness or feel like the you know it's part of him saying be gentle you don't have this like get out of it snap out of it it's just kind of like it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Okay, yeah. big boy. I was going to tell you that because of that story. But hey, big boy. Boy, where can they find you? Who's a big boy? <laughs> I am. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ Dempsey Psych and on Facebook, Matthew J. Dempsey Psychotherapy. <laughs> you can find me at Who's a Big Boy? <laughs> You can find me at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Alec Moppa. You can find us both at the Hot Mess Pod on Instagram and Twitter. DM us, slide into our DMs. We want to hear from you. Um, All the DMs are about like, where can I meet Matthew? I'm like, okay. I've been giving out your number. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, We want to hear from you. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We love hearing about you, uh, hearing from you, and and we want to know your questions. If you have Mm -hmm. any mental health questions of your own or things where you're struggling with we'll talk about them on the hot mess pod so um tune in next week and we'll have more hot mess fun goodbye bye guys this podcast has been produced by stage 29 productions for entertainment purposes only the contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice do not reflect the opinions of this company any of its parent companies affiliates subsidiaries promotional sponsors or advertising agencies The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.